0: my ears are open and I better not go to sleep I'll never be the same in Jesus name amen let's pray father thank you for your word it is always life-giving it's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and as we hear the word today I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word because you always watch over your word to perform it. And so I back up so the Spirit of God can step up to minister life to your people through your word. And I thank you in advance. We're going to hear it. We're going to receive it. We're going to believe it. We're going to walk in it. And we thank you that the promises that are in your word are going to manifest in our lives. And we declare that now in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm starting a new series today entitled Emotional Estate. Everybody say Emotional Estate. And the whole thought process behind this new series is threefold. And if you need uh, notes, just raise your hand and our ushers will give you notes. If you're watching us online... Please click click on the link so that you can follow me through the notes. But the whole thought process behind this new series is threefold. Number one is to help us understand emotions. We have them, but I want to help you understand emotions. Number two, the whole series is designed to help us understand the role that emotions are supposed to play in our lives. And then number three, we're going to learn how to manage our emotions successfully. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. You know years ago, everybody say years ago. Years ago Landon was probably I think maybe two or three and uh, I went to this gas station and uh, he wanted some Doritos or and whatever it was it was like a dollar and all I had was a 20. So I went up to pay for it and the clerk Was not in the spirit that day. Because you know there are three levels. What are the three levels, church? Spirit, flesh, devil level. Absolutely. So he looks at me and he says, I can't change that. I'm kind of shocked. What's a 20? So I was like, excuse me. He says, I can't change that. I said, well, I don't have anything smaller. He says, well, I can't change it. So then I'm thinking, do you have a dollar? I mean, that's what I asked him. I'm like, okay, I don't have a dollar. Obviously, you don't have change. So I said, well, do you have a dollar? Because I was going to ask him for his dollar and pay for it and just bring him a dollar later. So I said, do you have a dollar? He was like, no. I said, well, how can you expect me to have a dollar if you don't have a dollar? (laughs) Well, I can't change that. So now... I have moved my position. I I know I'm supposed to stay in the spirit. We all supposed to stay in the spirit. But that don't always happen. So I slowly crept down to his level. I went to the flesh level. But as I walked to the car, because Landon wanted whatever it was, kids don't understand that they don't have no change. So I had two choices to either steal the item... (laughs) How many stole before? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right. We got some thieves in the house today. Watch your purse. Watch your purse. I either had a choice to steal it or to find some change. So at the time, you know, uh, I went to the car and you know how in the car you can find all kind of change. So I just, I mean, and you know what I did? I found 99 pennies. I left the nickels and the dimes in there. I sure did. Because I'm, I'm at the devil level now. Between walking to the car, I was in the flesh on the way. But I was on the devil level on the back way. So I took all of those pennies. And this was the counter. I raised my hand right here. And I dropped all the coins. And they went Everywhere. I grabbed whatever it was, and I walked out. And I said, you can count them if you want to. Now, how many know that wasn't good? That wasn't good. That wasn't good. So that's why I'm going to help us learn how to manage our emotions successfully. And, And here's why. Because our emotional life is going to impact our physical life. Everybody say, my emotional life is going to impact my physical life. And here's why, because your emotional state, listen, it impacts your attitude, it impacts and influences your decisions, and it also can determine if you live by the Spirit or at the devil level, which in some cases you can regret for the rest of your life. Say amen to that. And so the best example that our world has just kind of walked through in regards to this were the uncontrolled emotions by Will Smith. How many remember that, Will Smith? yeah we 're not going to talk about him, but we are just going to examine just some things because uh, it was his unbridled emotions that night that have not only made him more famous but has actually shined a light on him in a way that may not have been positive. so many people use that opportunity you know to discuss whether he was right or whether he was wrong, and then some people was justifying why he did what he did. But at the end of the day, I want us to take notice something uh, about something different, uh, and that is, what do you think damaged his emotional state so much that it allowed him to do something that he would probably regret for the rest of his life? What, what happened to his emotional life? And so, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, what I've done is I'm giving us up front the definition of what emotions are. And then I'm going to walk us through biblically of where these emotions are, where they are located with us and then hopefully help us uh, understand how to not walk by them. But the, the emotions, when you look it up, it's a positive or negative mental state that arises almost spontaneously as a result of an experience, a thought, perceived or real. I'm going to say it again. It's a positive or negative. Everybody say positive or negative. Because you can have positive or negative emotions. It's a positive or negative mental state that arises almost spontaneously as a result of an experience, a thought that's perceived or real. These emotions are often accompanied by physiological changes in our feelings, in our attitude, in our actions that are normally short-term. But if we don't deal with our emotions properly... They can have long-term effects. So I'm going to give you a take-home statement right up front. If you're taking notes, here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. Unmanaged emotions will eventually lead to an unmanageable life. I'm going to say that again. Unmanaged emotions will eventually lead to an unmanageable life. In fact, say this with me. Say, unmanaged emotions will eventually lead to an unmanageable life. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. Here it is. Do I have emotions or do emotions have me? Do I have emotions or do emotions, thank you, do, I, do my emotions have me? Mark chapter 11, verse 11 says this. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around on all things, and now the evening was come He went out to Bethany with the twelve. So let me just stop here, kind of give you a context. Jesus was with his disciples. And so the Bible says that he went into Jerusalem. He went into the temple. He looked around to check on things. And then it was evening. Verse 12 says, And on the morrow, when they were coming from Bethany, he was hungry. He saw a fig tree with leaves, without, with leaves. Uh, uh, and then it didn't have anything on it. Verse 14, Jesus answered and said to it, no man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple. He threw over the tables of money changers and the seats of those that sold doves. And he would not allow any man who was carrying any vessel through the temple. Sounds like Jesus might have been in a bad mood that day, huh? Look at verse 17. And he taught saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves? Now listen, there are three things that I believe we can learn from this situation with Jesus regarding our emotions. Here's number one, timing. Everybody say timing. Timing. Because I want you to notice that in verse 11, Jesus walked into the temple. He looked around, but he didn't do anything about it. He looked, he saw a problem, but watch this now, he did not immediately address the problem. And see, sometimes that's what happens with us. We try to immediately address problems when maybe you need to sit on it. Well, Jesus walked in, he looked around, he didn't deal with it. Because in verse 15, it tells us he came back and he dealt with it. And most of us, we make situations worse because we don't allow some time to go by so we can process and that's why most of us may end up in flesh or devil-level moments. Why? Because we don't let some time go between what has happened and what we want to say or do about it. Say amen to that. Everybody say timing. Here's number two. is tactfulness. We see that Jesus, watch this now, was able to express emotions without sinning. Wow. Wow. Mark chapter 11 verse 15 tells us what he did. He went back into the temple and he started throwing people out and throwing over tables. You say, well, pastor, that sounds like sin to me. I threw a pot at my husband and hit him. Is that the same? No. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says this. Read it with me. Be ye angry, but what? Wow. Be angry and what? Okay, so watch this. That tells me right there that... Well, you and I have the capability to get mad, but not sin. But the opposite of that is true, too. You can get mad and you can what? And then it goes on to say, neither let, uh, let not the sun go down on your what? Anger or on your wrath. Okay, so that goes for everybody. Married couples, when you're going through, you should have the least amount of sleep that anybody we know. It said don't let the sun go down. So if you haven't resolved it, that means you ain't going to sleep. Give me an amen, single people, because I didn't get none from the a. I didn't get none. I did not get one amen from the married people. Not one. That's right. You need to stay up. Fix it. No, you're not going to bed with your back to it. You fix it. Call in sick the next day. Boss, I'm sick. Well, pastor, that's lying. You're not lying. You're sick of not getting no sleep. <laughs> Single people, that applies to you too. He said, don't let the sun go down. You got to forgive them before you go to sleep. And then he says, need to give a place to the devil. So three things we can learn about how Jesus handled this. First one is timing. What was number two? this. Here's number three truth jesus's response to the situation watch this now was word-based and not flesh-based i want you to notice now what mark eleven 17 doesn't say now remember in verse 17 it says after he threw all those people out and turned over tables the next verse says and he taught them saying It is written, my house shall not, shall be called the the house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. I just want you to notice that Jesus took the opportunity to now teach them what they should have been doing. In other words, let's, let's notice what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't cuss them out. It didn't say that, did it? No. Jesus didn't scream at them. If you notice, these are some responses that some people do when they get upset. If you notice, too, that Jesus uh, didn't lay hands on them. In our case, put hands on them. No, what did he do? He taught them. In other words, he allowed his response to be word-based and not flesh-based. So here's the question which derives from our first point. Here's the question. Did Jesus have and manage his emotions or did his emotions have him? They had, watch this, he had to have managed them because the way he responded was in a biblical way. And that's how you can know if you're, listen, if you have emotions or if they have you. So I'm just going to name a few different types of emotions just in case you you haven't uh, relocated yourself uh, right now. So, you know, how many know happiness is an emotion? Yeah, happiness, uh, sad, grief, sorrow, anger, fear, disappointment, rejection. And hopefully if I get some time at the end, I'm going to show us where the foundation of how we respond with our emotions uh, causes that to happen. So let's go to point number two. Point number two is where do emotions come from? Where do they come from? First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. I'm going to tell you not only where they come from. But if God gave them to us, they must not be bad. Because all that God does is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, watch this. It says, and the very God of peace sanctifies you wholly. I want you to read this with me. And I pray that God, your whole spirit and soul and body... Be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you notice he listed three parts of who we are? He said your whole what? Spirit. And what else? Your whole what? Soul. And your whole what? Body. So there are three parts of us. So watch this now. So our emotions must be located in one of those three. Well, the soul part of us. Everybody say the soul part of me. The soul part of us consists of five components. Those of you who've been with me a while, you know what these are, but I'm going to tie them into something you may not have seen. These five components in our soul consist of our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, and our imagination. Everybody say my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect, and my imagination. Those five areas are components or they make up our soul. In Mark chapter 14, I'm going to show you here, I'm going to prove to you that these emotions that we have come from the soulish realm. Mark chapter 14, verse 32, we're going to look at the life of Jesus again. And so they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he, Jesus, said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be sore amazed And to be very heavy. Everybody say very heavy. Look at verse 34. Watch what Jesus said. He said unto them, my what church? Come on church. My what? He says my soul is what? Exceeding what? Where does sorrow come from? From the soul. So now we can see that those emotions that we have, they're going to come from the soulish realm. So Jesus' soul was sorrowful, therefore our emotions derive from this soulless realm of who we are. And that's why it's critical for us to know this because the condition of our soul, listen church now, plays a major role in our health, our wealth, and our success. See, it's not just your education level that's really going to determine your success level. It's the, watch this now, it's the condition of your soul level that determines your success level. I'm going to say that again. It's not your education level that d- determines if you're going to succeed in life or not. It's the state of your soul level that's going to determine your success level. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know about that. Let's go to 3 John 2. 3 John 2. If you don't get anything today, if you don't get anything, I want you to get this. You need to understand that my soul realm, everybody say my soul realm. My soul realm determines my success realm. 3 John 2, I'm reading out of the King James and then I'm going to read it out of the uh, Amplified Bible. It says, Beloved, I pray or wish above, about what? This is what he's saying. This prayer that I'm praying about you, I'm praying this prayer over any other prayer that I pray over you. Wow. In other words, he's prioritizing prayer, this prayer, over these people over any other prayer he's prayed. He says, I pray above all things that you may do what? Prosper. And then watch this. Be in what? Even in, even as you're what? He said, listen, I want you to prosper. That's naturally. And I want you to be in, in health. But he says, that's only going to happen if your soul prospers. So some of us haven't been prospering at the level we could because our souls are messed up. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say I was lying. (laughs) Listen, church, and this is why the word is so important. Listen to 3 John 2. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and... That your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prosper. Can I just go out and say this? Maybe you're sick today because your soul is sick. I believe people end up with physical complications in their life. They go to the doctor and they can't, the doctor cannot properly find things because he's not, watch this now, he's not educated to find out what's wrong with your soul he, he can only uh, you know document and check on your physical man your blood pressure your, you know they'll even do a stress test on you but he can't check your soul and some of our physical sicknesses has nothing to do with the sickness itself that's only coming from the fact that my soul is sick I'm going to read the verse again. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in what? Health, even as your soul prospers. Say amen to that. And so this is why the word's important because it's the only thing. The word is the only thing that can successfully separate my soul or my emotions from my spirit. And I need, listen, I need these two things separated because if my soul and my spirit cannot be separated, I will not properly discern the voice of God. Did you hear what I said? See, when God speaks to us, He does speak to our spirit, but our spirit has to speak to our mind. Where where does the mind, is, where is it located? In the soul realm. So when the spirit speaks, now He speaks directly to our spirit, and you have to really be mature to hear that. And that's fine because that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is for God to speak to your spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit and then, you know, you know. But a lot of times we, we, we're not at that level. And this is why renewing your mind is so important. So when the, the Spirit of God speaks to you and your spirit speaks to your mind, your mind is renewed enough to know and discern, was that God or was that me? Say amen to that. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word, everybody say the word, the word word of God, it is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, and the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Why is it necessary? Why? So Because it pierces to the dividing between your soul and your spirit. You need the word in your life to divide the two. Because there are going to be times in your life that you really know what God is saying to you. And you, listen, you cannot be sitting there debating if if it's God or gas. So the condition of my emotions, listen, impact the condition of my overall prosperity. Regardless of the state of our emotions, our soul... Watch this now. Here's the good part. It's not beyond repair. I don't care what has happened to you up until this point in your life. I don't care what condition your soul is in today. If you're watching me and your soul is messed up, maybe your soul is sick, I'm saying to you, regardless of your soul condition, it is not beyond repair. Amen. It is not beyond repair, renewal, or restoration. Psalm 23, most of us know this verse. It says this. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. I shall not what? Won't. I love that. He said he supplied my needs, but right here he says he's my shepherd, and if he's my shepherd, I shall not want. Watch verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside what? Still waters. Read verse 3 with me. He does what? He restores. Say it again. What does he do? I don't care where your soul is, it can be restored. Amen. In fact, just say, soul, be restored in Jesus' name. Come on, say it again. Say, soul, be restored in Jesus' name. Say it one more time. Say, soul, be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He says, he restores my soul. The word restored there, it means, watch this, this is so good. To convert, to recover, to restore, to refresh, and to reverse. He's saying, if God is my shepherd, he's able to convert my soul... Recover my soul, restore my soul, refresh my soul, and reverse my soul. You you ever had an issue on your computer and you just need to hit refresh? What does it do? What it does, it, it, it keeps you from being stuck on the screen you are. In other words, you're not sure what has caused your screen to be stuck. But what you are guaranteed of if your computer is working properly, if you hit the refresh button, your computer is going to forget all about what screen it was on and it's going to refresh back to what needs to be there. And that's what, listen, that's what the Word does if we will put it on the inside of us. It will refresh us and then I like this, it will reverse some things too. So here's point number three, here's point number three. Stop rejecting and start receiving. See, this is why I tell people, come to church. I don't care what state, what state you in, come. Come. I mean, you know, sometimes I don't understand us as believers, right? How many have been in school? Uh, I'm talking about like from first grade all the way up to the 12th grade. For the most part, it didn't matter how you was feeling. Your parents still made you go to school. I'm glad coronavirus wasn't there when I was growing up because you literally had to act like you was dying before my mom and them let me stay home. Mama, I'm dying, I'm dying. Okay, you can stay. Mama, I don't feel good. Boy, you better get dressed. Back in those days, I mean, you had to really, really, really be sick to, to... to just try to get out of going to school. But you reach a point where you go anyway. There are some times you don't want to go to work, but you go what? You go anyway. So I don't understand us as Christians because we have that attitude from the world's perspective, but then when things ain't going right in our life, we start skipping church. Why? The word has the thing, that the word can reverse me. Right? So stop rejecting and start receiving. You say, well, stop rejecting what? Look in James chapter 1. He says, wherefore, lay aside or lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive, what? what everybody say receive. Receive with meekness the what? Engrafted word, which is what? Able to save your soul. That word save is the Greek word sozo. And it means, watch this, to heal, to make whole, to preserve, and to protect. He's saying, listen, I want you to receive the engrafted word because it's able to heal you, make you whole, preserve you, and to protect you. I'm going to show you this word and then we're going to close. Matthew chapter 9 verse 20. Let me show you this word save, this word sozo, because we underestimate the power that's in the word. This is why I want to encourage you. Don't just read the Bible. Hear the Bible. Play it. Matthew 9, 20, it says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood... How many years, church? Twelve years. She came behind him. She touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself... Notice now, this is an internal confession. She said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about... I'm giving you context... And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Read this with me. Your faith has what? And the woman was what? Made whole. Both of those where he says your faith has made you whole and made whole, that's that word sozo. In other words, when he says the engrafted word that's able to save your soul, he's saying the word is able to bring wholeness and healing to our lives. So so now we got to stop rejecting. Just listen. Here's what I love. The word is like Drano. How many have heard, seen Drano? You know the commercial? commercial? Your pipes all clogged up and, and then they just pour the Drano in there. They don't have to do nothing else. They don't have to plunge. They don't have to get no hang up old school hanger and try to pull it, you know. No, no, no. All they do is just pour the draino in there. And the draino somehow knows to to go to the water, ignore it, and find the pipe and the drain, and somehow goes off in there. And it might take a minute. But after a while, what you're gonna hear is <sighs> That's what the word will do to your your soul. (laughs) You put that word in there, you're getting ready now to respond to your spouse in an ugly way, and all of a sudden you hear, (sighs) it's okay, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So how do we apply this word real quick here? How do we apply it? Number one, we have to accept responsibility for where our soul is. Most people never get to the next step of deliverance or healing because they won't take responsibility. I did not say take responsibility for what someone did to you. I'm saying take responsibility for where your soul is. Because even if, you know, somebody hurt you, you had to let them hurt you. But y'all didn't get that, did you? Even if somebody hurt you, you had to let them hurt you. Then you say, well, Pastor, I didn't ask them to beat me up. Okay, let's take the physical part out. Okay. All right, let's take that one out. Because see, some of y'all are like, nah, he beat me. Okay. Well, no, these days, she beat me. <laughs> okay, we're not going to get on that. All right. You have to accept responsibility for where your soul is. Number two, submit your emotions to God. Number three. Take control over your emotions. Watch this by using those three things, timing, tact, and truth. So this week, because you're going to have opportunities to go off. I promise you, I only teach, teach lessons that I know God's got going on right now. It, some of y'all is going to happen on your way to the parking lot <laughs> on your way because the devil going to come quick. He, he wants that word out of your life fast. So you know what? Guard it. Guard your heart when you get home. Guard it. Guard it. Because the longer the word sits, the more fruit is going to produce. So all this week, just guard you. So now when somebody does something instead of reacting like I did at the, at the, at the convenience store, instead of doing that, what's the three things? Time, tact, Hmm, everybody say time, tact, truth. So now it'll give you time to respond. Even if you, okay, your coworker, they said something incredibly stupid to you. And you want to go off. It, it requires an immediate response and they know it does. They know you need to respond right now. So what you need to do, what was the first one? Time. What you need to do is say, I'll get with you tomorrow about that. (laughs) They're going to be like, huh? I'll get with you tomorrow about that. Take control. So here's what we're going to do. Today, since it was communion day, we're going to use today and we're going to submit our emotions to the altar. So with your head bowed and your eye closed right there. Father, thank you for the word. It is the very thing that is able to save, bring deliverance, bring healing, convert, and reverse our soul. And Some of our souls are in states, God, where we can't hear you. We can't discern what you're wanting to do. And so, God, regardless of how our souls got to the state that they're in, we come in the name of Jesus and we submit the condition of our souls to you right now. And Lord, we thank you because nothing about our soul scares you. And there is nothing too hard for you. And so as we submit our souls, I want you to do it right now. I want you to give it to him right now. Give him your soul. Give him permission. Give him access to your soul. And Lord, as we submit our souls to you, thank you now for doing what we can't do for healing us, delivering us, reversing our soul so that, Father, we can be in position for our lives to prosper at levels we've never seen. And so we thank you for healing us, changing us, protecting us in Jesus' mighty name. With every head still bowed, maybe you're here today. My question, if you died today, are you sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not 100% sure,